Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast. It's so great to have you. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online listeners and viewers? So good to have you with us. Listen, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. This is the value system of Jesus, part eight, blessed are the persecuted. I want to say this, this series has really been an amazing series of getting out of the flesh and into the spirit, taking on the character of Jesus, this message he spoke on, on, the, uh, on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is how we know this, and it's the, it's the Beatitudes is really what this is, but I named it and labeled it the value system of Jesus because it's really a list of values. And to review the past weeks, how many of you who haven't been here have been keeping up to speed on the podcast? It's been really, really, really good. This has been convicting. It's been a nail in the coffin of self And really learning how to step outside of self and into living the way that Jesus says to you in the spirit. So we we reviewed these in these past weeks that blessed are the poor in spirit, that we're blessed when we take on these things. Poor in spirit, blessed are those that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers was last week. This week, we're going to go over blessed are the persecuted. And let's read Matthew 5.10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs. Everybody say theirs. Theirs. Is the kingdom of heaven. Why doesn't it say ours? Why does it say theirs? Because the first part, blessed are those who are persecuted. Then they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So persecuted, it's not really a fun word. But guys, I want to tell you this. Out of all eight, we're going to make make persecuted. The eighth one, we're going to make it fun today. Um, You're blessed when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. You may be thinking, I'll accept all these challenges, but I'm not willing to accept persecution. Honestly, persecution, it's not a fun thought, but today I've got good news for you that when you're persecuted or if you're currently experiencing persecution, there's amazing things that happen. We're blessed when when this happens to us, and I, I thank God for that. Number eight, blessed are the persecuted. It will happen as a result of the one through seven that I just mentioned. I just went through the list of all the past weeks. I want to say this. If you're not living one to seven, you probably won't experience persecution. Because what it's saying here is that when we live righteous, that's when we experience persecution. So if your life is going really smooth, and guys, I want to just tell you, put your seatbelt on this morning because we're going there. If your life is going without any hiccups or any naysayers or any people that are standing against you, you're probably not living the one to seven weeks of what righteousness would look like for you to take that on. The more righteous we look, the more like Christ we look like is the more we'll experience the cross just like Jesus. But if you're not experiencing that uncomfortable naysayers that stand against you, and you're not experiencing the the twisting and the turning of a generation that's that anti-Christ spirit, I dare say, are we living it? Listen, I'm preaching to myself here. 
The Bible tells us that when we experience persecution in 2 Timothy 3, 12, Liz, go ahead and read that. This is what happens. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So we will. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say might could. It says will be persecuted as a result of righteousness. If you're living a godly life, this is what follows. You go, that's not really an encouraging word. No, it is. We're going to get there. It is. But I want to say this. If you're not living a godly life, you won't experience that. If you have easy street in your life and it's all about you, you're probably not living a godly life. It doesn't say might be. It says you will be persecuted. In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says this. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, what it's saying there is, in my flesh, I'm weak. Adam Penapinto is weak. But in Christ Jesus, I am strong. So when I'm in Christ, when I'm in the Spirit, I'm strong. I was talking to you about the gifting versus the anointing. When I play keys, when I play the keyboard, when I play piano... I might be gifted, and I might be okay, but when I find that I slip into the anointing, I can do things that that I can't do in the natural. Why is that? Because I'm weak, but he is strong. So when he moves through me, now there's 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 the breath of God that's on me that I can do what I can't do. Maybe in your job, you're seeking God for increase financially. You go, I can't do this. I, I, I'm, I'm, we're not seeing the financial increase that we need to see. Well, perhaps... You're not tithing. Perhaps you're not in the economy of God. So we read that in 2 Corinthians. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 24, verse 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. So right there, you'll be hated by all nations because of me. It's, it's just laying it out right there that this is not a maybe, this is a will be, this is, this is going to happen. It's a tough one to accept, guys. It separates the snowflake Christians. It separates those that are kind of hanging on the outside. It separates the men from the boys and, and, the, and the girls from the women. It separates it right there. In other nations, guys, I, I was thinking about it this week that while we're walking around as Christians celebrating Halloween, going door to door and knocking on the door screaming trick or treat, Over in Afghanistan, where there actually is hardcore persecution, they're knocking on the door, and when a Christian opens the door, they're shooting them in the head. Do you guys see something sick about the parallel of what we call persecution and what some Christians are actually experiencing? Yeah, we don't know what persecution is, y'all. But get ready, because the times that we're living in, they're getting tough. And listen, if you want to reject that, I'm telling you, you were created for this day. Again, yeah. when we are weak, he is strong. So the grace will be there when the moment That's comes. Right. That's right. But we need to get excited about this, not fearful. Yes. A scared world needs a fearless church. The Bible's preparing us of what is sure to come. You say, why? Well, this, is, this doesn't sound like, I thought you named the church Hope Covenant. This doesn't sound like a hopeful message. As a pastor, I'm called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I have to equip you with the truth that will set you free to know the time you're living in and the day that you're living in. Be prepared for what's coming. It's sure to come. Anyone who tells you that Christianity is, is skittles and rainbows and unicorns, guys, they're lying to you. I want to just tell you that right now. There's going to be challenges when we live a godly life, and that's what those scriptures are telling you. 
The enemy loves it when the church is sleeping, though. And right now we've got, I believe, the real pandemic, the real epidemic, the real problem right now is that the church is asleep and pastors are afraid to preach a bold message because we might lose people. It might not make me feel good to hear this message, so maybe I'll go over to this church. Or maybe I'll go over to that church. But guys, I'm going to build this church. I'm going to let the Lord build the church, first of all. But when we build the church, what we're going to market it on is that it's the truth that will set us free so we can live a free life. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to be equipped for what's coming. I stand before Jesus every day, and I will stand before him one day. And he'll say, either well done, good and faithful servant, or why didn't you equip the people for what was coming? I hope that the reason you're here is that your eyes are open to the reality of the day that we're living in. There's some ungodly things that are going on in this nation, and I will not be afraid to call them out. I won't be. Because I'm either living in a spirit of fear or I fear the Lord, but there's no in-between. That's right. And guys, part of what's going on and why we are not persecuted is because we got Christians that are pansies that are not willing to call out the truth that sets us free. And if we're not willing to do that and we don't rise up, we are never going to see us go ahead and take the victory if we don't rise up. You got to take the victory. You got to claim the victory. We got to put a stake in the ground and say, for righteousness sake, no, here's the line. This is not a political message. This is a kingdom message. This isn't Republican or Democrat. This is a kingdom message. The enemy loves it when we're sleepy. The enemy loves it when we're, when, we're, when we're not alert and we're not aware of the time we're living in and we're unprepared. But I'm here to say to Hope Covenant Church today, I'm here to say to any lover of Jesus that's listening to this message that we will be equipped and we will be prepared and we will be bold. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's read this in Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Can I interpret that verse a little differently? Let me, let me say what this verse is saying. If you listen to the commands of the Lord, if you live a bold life, I'll give you authority. That's right. But if you live like a pansy, I'm not giving wow. you the authority that you could walk in. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. See, we, all, we often say, okay, we got to take the authority. No, the authority is already given it to That's you. You got to right. wake up and That's walk right. in it. That's right. You got to wake up and walk in it. That's right. You don't have to take anything, it's already been given to you. That happened at the cross. Yes, it did. You just have to wake up and recognize it's mine, and I will stand up for righteousness' yes. sake. And if I do that, scripture says, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm above and not beneath. As a church, we got to be prepared for what's coming. The definition of persecution is hostility, ill treatment, oppression because of religious beliefs. That's the definition, because of religious beliefs. I thought that was interesting that that's Webster's. It doesn't say because somebody disagrees with you. It says because of religious beliefs. How are we going to make it through this moment? We've got to be saturated in the presence of God and baptized in his word that we can stand in his grace no matter what comes against us. It was a prison of persecution that the greatest praise erupted and a prime minister was being prepared. Remember the story of Joseph? He's thrown into a pit. He's thrown into prison. And God is preparing a prime minister for a position of royalty. 
I want to ask you this. How many prime ministers are we missing out on because we're not willing to endure the prison? We're not willing, we're not willing to endure the uncomfortable. Can I tell you what my job is as a pastor? I want to comfort the afflicted, and I want to afflict the comfortable. If you're comfortable here today, I want to make you so squirm in your seat that when you live here, you're provoked to righteousness. By the way, that's scriptural. We're supposed to be provoking each other to righteousness. But if you ain't living it, who are you provoking? Are you the head or are you the tail? I don't want to be the tail. That hangs out of a rear end. Just saying. Yeah, your pastor just went there. Some of the greatest preparation that God does in our lives is through moments of ill treatment. Listen, I want to say this from experience. I've had even pastors and ministers not treat me with dignity. That's okay. That's all right. God was preparing me, and you you know what? God will use an enemy to prepare you for what he is calling you to. That's right. That's right. If all you hang around is people that rub you the right way, I told you you're hanging out with the wrong company. I told you that last week. We need people that rub us the wrong way. That we're awakened to what it is to walk in authority and keep your head up high and go, okay, all right, I see what God's up to. Let's look at a story in the Bible, persecution in the book of Daniel. It was in Daniel, there was a Babylonian culture that was challenging the one true God. Anybody see that in our culture today? Guys, we got a Babylonian culture going on right now. Challenging the one true God. He was trying to say that there were several gods and We can see that in culture today. We've got the God of of comfortable. We've got the God of money. We've got the God of television. We've got the God of social media. We've got the God of big government. We've got the God of so many things that are challenging the one true God, this Babylonian culture. I see a parallel. Anybody see that? Shout amen if you see that. Let your ears hear your mouth agree with this. But we've got to infiltrate as the church. We've got to infiltrate culture and turn this thing around. It's not going to happen when we have pansy Christians that aren't willing to walk in authority. We must stand against this no matter what the cost. I want to say this. This is a quote. We're going to put this on the screen. That the culture around you, the culture around you cannot be greater than the kingdom that is in you. We've got to know. That the Lord is dwelling within us. The kingdom of God is dwelling within me. I know who I am. That's why we sing that song, champ. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand. Remember that? Yes. Well, that's why when Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When you get to the end of yourself and you get to that weakest moment, that's when God can take over and Holy Spirit can take over and move on your behalf. It's when you can let go and surrender to God, and that's when you're the strongest. It's so cool how Paul says that. You either live the world's way or yep. you live the word's way. Yep. There's no other option. That's right. Now is no time to compromise the standard of the word of God, guys. Right. It's no time. It's not time to say, you know what, I, I've got so much on my plate that I'm going to skip time in the word of God. Because the word of God is where our confidence comes that's from. Right. That's where the boldness comes from. I had somebody ask me this week, you know, you just seem so bold. Why is that? I said, you know, it's not that you're as awesome as, I th- as you think, because believe it or not, I deal with fear too. 
But when I deal with a spirit of fear that comes against me, I dig into the word of God and start declaring it out loud so my ears hear it. So it sinks into my spirit and it, it starts to control my soul rather than my, my soul controlling me. I get into the word of God. Can I tell you that the only place that we can get out of deception as a nation is when we get into the truth. It will handle deception and confusion when you dig into the word of God. We've got so much going on in our society today where there's a spirit of deception and confusion that's come on people. It's like we don't know which end is up. It's because we're lacking the word of God and we're even lacking it in the church. That's why I refuse to give you some inspirational message and tickle you and tell you it's all good. It's not all good. It's not all good. You need to get into the word. That's where it's all good. It's in the truth that it's all good. That's right. You go, I thought this was going to be a message of hope. It is. There's hope in the word when you live the word's way. But outside of that, there's no hope. That's right. Wow, that's good. It's no time to compromise. We're going to look at three men in the Bible. And guys, this is so profound. This really got me this week. Their names, I'm not sure if you've heard of this story or not, but it was Hananiah, which means God is gracious. Michelle or Michelle, I'm probably... I'm probably botching these, but that's okay. It means who is like our God. And Azariah, which means God helps us. But King Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked ruler. So you could have a wicked ruler. And watch what happens here. He changed their names to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You go, okay, I know them. Shadrach means moon god. That name before was God is gracious. Now he gives them a counterfeit name, moon god. Meshach, which means god of a coup. And then Abednego, which means slave god of Naboo. It kind of sounds like a Disney movie to me. All these gods, they're false gods, and they're an abomination to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the God that we serve. You can see that King Nebuchadnezzar, he tried to take their identity of these three young leaders and give them a counterfeit identity. And I want to put this quote on the screen, that the world can try and take your name, but they can't take your nature. When you're in the word and you know who you are, you cannot be distracted from who you are because it's a no, it's not a think. That's right. If all you do is think it because you're not applying it, there's going to be confusion in your life. But you got to know who you are and they can take your name, but they can't take your nature. No matter what label you try and put on me, I know who I am. I'm a child of the one true God, the name that is above every name. The king that is above every other king. He's the Lord of lords. Can I get an amen? Amen. You see that happening in culture today where the world is trying to create gender confusion. I went through Starbucks the other day and it said, it said she, her. And I had no idea what that meant. I called a friend of mine. I was like, what is this? Oh, that's how they identify. I don't care how you identify, by the way. There's a certain part that if you have, you're a man. There's a certain part that if you have, you're a woman. And that's the truth. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to preach the truth. I don't know what this is. You, you can just decide what you are. No. I don't care what clothes you put on underneath. God created you that way. And when you look at him face to face, whatever you are born with, that's what you're going to have. I just said that. I just, I just want to let y'all know that. I just want to make sure there's no confusion about that you here in this that, church. You read that in scripture last week, that God created them, male and female. That's scripture. So we've got That's abortion that. now. We're calling it a fetus instead of a baby. a baby. If it's got a heartbeat, it's a human being. Absolutely. We've got righteousness being called unrighteousness. 
We've got unrighteousness being called righteousness. Yeah. That's the day we're living in. Yeah. You go, what does this mean? What does this mean? Double rainbow all the way across. Remember I that? knew you were going to go. What does this mean? Let me tell you what it means. It's in Revelation. It means you're living in the end. You go, ah, that's so depressing. No, it's so encouraging. Because what it means is you were created in this world for the purpose of his kingdom. Yes. And can I tell you something? We're getting really close to the day and the hour where we're going to be present with yes. the Lord worshiping. And can right. I, is anybody excited about that? Yes. Can we just give God a shout of yes. praise for a minute? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, get that depression off of you. This is an encouraging message. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they lived a life that was set apart. It was righteous and it was holy. When they were offered food that defiled the body, they refused. When they were told to worship false gods, they refused. When they were told to pray to these false idols, they refused. They were obedient to God. And when they were persecuted, they just blessed God. That's what they did. Now, let me, let me apply this to today. When they were told you had to take a vaccination or you're fired, they refused. You go, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer? No, no, no. No, don't hear that. I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But what I am is anti-free. When it becomes anti-freedom, I'm going to say absolutely not. How many of you are with me today? Absolutely not. My body, my choice is convenient for you when it's convenient for you when it has to do with the fetus. But all of a sudden, we go to vaccinations. You go, oh, this message is turning political. No, there's righteousness. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and, and believe it or not, yeah. what they put in their bodies was their choice, and they refused. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It's in Scripture. Right. Read your Bible. The problem is we stopped reading our Bible, so we don't know where the line is anymore. You go, so you don't believe in the vaccination? That's not what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. I'm saying that I believe in a nation that's free that gives us the ability yeah. to decide what we put in our own bodies. Yeah. You want to eat organic? Eat organic. You don't want to eat organic? Your body, your choice. And we're not going to shame you in this church either way. Face mask, no face mask. We're not going to shame you. But do not tell me what I must do that I must bow down and worship another God. Yeah. Do not tell me that because I will refuse just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. We have to understand that persecution, when it comes, we got to recognize it and know how to respond to it. You were going to say something. It went against their conviction. It's like telling a vegetarian or a vegan, you have to eat meat. And the word talks about that. When you do that in front of somebody, it causes them to go against their conviction if you were to force them to eat meat when they have a strong conviction of how wrong it is. And it's the same here. Only they, they weren't threatened to be fired. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were threatened with death. They, they were at the risk of their own lives saying, we will not do this. We cannot do this. It goes against everything we believe, and it goes against our convictions. So they had it even worse than we do today. Yeah, and I will never preach Republican or Democrat in this church. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. How many of you know both parties are messed up? Yeah, they are. But I will preach righteousness. Yeah. And I will preach conviction. Right. Today, I want to give you three ways persecution works. Number one is that persecution, and if you're not taking notes, I encourage you to do this. Persecution comes to steal your voice. In Revelation 12.10, go ahead and read that, Liz. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser, of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night 
has been hurled down. He's been cast down. So you can see in this verse that the enemy accuses. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy is a liar. He'll try to make a righteous man look unrighteous, and he'll try to make an unrighteous man look righteous. That's what he'll do. <laughs> he'll try to twist it around. He'll try to make the innocent look guilty, and he'll try to make the guilty look innocent. Does anybody see that going on right now? You got to be aware. So you can see in this verse that the enemy accuses. He's the accuser. He, it all comes from him. The devil loves to twist, and he loves to take down a righteous person. Yeah, but Daniel 3, verse 8 to 20, let's dig into this story. Watch what happens with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They, they were denouncing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Let me tell you what's going on right there, because you're probably reading that going, okay, what does that have to do with anything? This generation is so fickle, guys. They love to get close to leadership. Yeah. They, 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 they will try to get close to whoever has power yep. and sway the beliefs yep. in an effort to have favor and clout. Does anybody see that happening right now? Yes. But we cannot compromise our belief for influence. Because if we do that, we take ourselves out of the favor of God. You can't do that. You can't twist and turn and be in the favor of God. That's not righteous. You can't sway with culture or popularity. We must remain focused on the truth. Now, verse 10. Watch what they say. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the instruments and all kinds of music must fall down. I'm, I'm shortening that a little bit. There's a lot there. Must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Yeah, sister so-and-so won't get the vaccination, just fire her. Guys, we're there. Are you awake, church? Yeah. We're there. Yeah. We're, you go, why are you harping on this vaccination thing? No, I'm harping on unrighteousness. Yeah. I'm harping on injustice. Yeah. I'm harping on that. We had a couple that was here last week that told us they lost their job. They, I mean, a very educated individual lost their jobs because this individual refused to have something injected into their body. Because of a health condition. Guys, that's unjust. We've got to stand up for righteousness. Because we can turn it around. We can't allow peer pressure to influence us away from truth. Persecution will try and steal your voice and remove your choice. Let's read uh, verse 13. Watch what happens here. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Now when you hear the sound of the instruments and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So how do we identify persecution? Persecution looks like ultimatums. You do this or... How many of you ever had somebody try to manipulate you and tell you, you do this or? (laughs) You'll do this or. A boss, you'll do this or. Ultimatums. 
That's what persecution looks like. Verse 16, check this out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. If I lose my job, boldness. If I lose my job, boldness. where does our provision come from? Does it come from your job or does it come from God? So we have, we, have to know, we have to know who we are. That's good. We have to know where our provision, we have to know who the source is. Yes, yes. Because okay. if, otherwise you could be easily manipulated. But if you go, no, I thank God, Jaira, you are enough. That's why that song is so good right now. Because we know where our provision comes from. Yes. It comes from the source. Yes. We must remain confident in God during times of persecution. Read verse 18. But even if he does not, I love that. This is them saying, even if God doesn't save us, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. No weapon stand against me can prosper, right. but every tongue that rises against me, That's it right. has to fall. That's Say right. this with me. Say, no weapon. No weapon. Formed up against, formed me, up against me can prosper. Can prosper. Every, knee every knee must bow. Must bow. Every tongue, every tongue must, confess must confess the truth. The truth. I love that. Jesus Christ. We've got to remain confident in times of persecution. When persecution comes, it needs to deepen our conviction, yeah. not cause us to waver. That's why it's so important to know why you believe what you believe. We cannot allow persecution to cause us to bow down to idols. Yeah. Can I say this? If persecution can't steal your voice, it'll try to kill your spirit. Yes. Watch this. Verse 19. What does Nebuchadnezzar do right here? Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is the king, by the way. He's furious He's with these guys. Furious. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. This is comical for a lot of reasons. And I want you to apply this to society today and look at this. This is one of the most ridiculous. Can I tell you something? A fire is going to cause you to burn. So if you heat it up seven times, it's not like it's going to kill them any quicker. It's an intimidation factor. The devil will try and intimidate you with things that are not even rational. A fire seven times hotter. Okay. It would just end it okay. sooner. It would just end it sooner. Yeah, actually, actually, a fire that's seven times hotter, I studied this, will actually make the misery a lot less. Yeah. Think about it. That, but that's, that's what deception does. It operates in a way that isn't rational. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, don't you love scripture? I do. Exposing this for what I it is? I do. Persecution is an indication of the enemy's desperation. This attitude caused stupidity. A, fire, a hotter furnace may intimidate, but a furnace is a furnace. Either way, you're going to burn. That's right. Now, let's read verse 20. That's good. He then commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Guys, we got to let persecution increase our awareness of God's divine protection. Yes. When they say they're going to throw you in jail, they say they're going to fire you, they say you can't make it, they, you can't believe. Listen, our religious freedoms right now, yeah. they're being crushed. Yeah. Our religious freedoms in this nation are being crushed. But let me tell you this. My awareness of God's divine protection, I don't care what they do because no weapon stand, that stands up against yeah. me can prosper. Yes. Every knee has to bow. Yeah. 
You can't live in fear and live in God's divine protection at the same time. Fear can keep you from God's miraculous intervention during times of persecution. Furnaces burn stuff up, but guys, they also refine. God refines us in furnace moments. When the heat is cranked up and you're going through tough times, God refines us in those moments. That's where the the refining happens, where all the impurities are burned out of us. Furnaces can destroy, but they also purify. We can't fear the fire, but we must look at who's with us in the fire. Let's read Daniel 3.25. Good. He said, look, this is Nebuchadnezzar, look. I see four men walking around yeah, in the there's fire. three men that were thrown into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they see four. He sees four. Unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. So they recognize the supernatural ability of God yep. in the furnace. Yep. Guys, can I tell you what I think is going on in today's, oh, today's yeah. day? I think they're recognizing God in those that have God. I think they're recognizing the spiritual authority. In, the, in fact, I know it That's for a good. fact. That's good. And can I tell you, they might intimidate you, but when you carry the authority of Jesus, you end up intimidating them, not in a negative way, but it's the spirit of God in you. Yeah. Don't get arrogant about it. Yeah. It's the spirit of God that you That's carry good. that intimidates every work of darkness is what yes. I'm trying to say. Yes. So if persecution can't kill your spirit, what does it do? It tries to steal your legacy. And that's the third point right there. It's the last one we're wrapping up. In Daniel 3.27, here's what happens. Good luck with this one, Liz. <laughs> I'm just going to say, and all the leaders and governors of uh, Babylon, uh, they crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, And there was no smell or fire on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So persecution, right here, it leads to promotion when we're obedient. Say, when I'm obedient. When I'm obedient. God promotes you when you're obedient. That's good. You can't do what you're called to do unless you're in God's word and living God's word. You have to be obedient. That's right. I'm not going to let the enemy win when he's already lost, guys. Today, I pledge that I'm going to stand in the fire. Can we pledge that we're going to stand in the fire? And let God promote us no matter what comes against us. I will be blessed in a time of persecution. We will be blessed in a time of persecution. I want to stand against a spirit of fear that would come and try to come against you. I had some people call me just this week about this vaccination thing that their companies were telling them that they were going to fire them if they don't get it. And they just feel uncomfortable. They said, Pastor Adam, what do I do? There's a reason why I'm addressing this. It's not because I'm trying to be political. I said, you got to stand with your righteous conviction and do not waver because God is your source. If you believe that, can you shout amen? That's right. Well, it says no weapon formed against us will prosper. It also says every tongue that rises against us in judgment will be condemned. That means that when we are judged, let God condemn it. Let him take care of it. He's got your back. He knows your future. He's got the whole world in his hands. I'm not going to let the enemy win because he's already lost. I said it. I will be blessed. We can, what can we lose when we live for God, I think is my question for you. And we're going to wrap up right here. If to die is gain, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What's the worst case scenario? It's really the best case scenario. 
How many of you would love to be rescued in the, in the middle of your trials right now? Like, okay, Lord, just let's do it. You know, part of what I love about my grandparents' generation yeah. is they sang about the kingdom of heaven. They didn't sing about their problems. Worship music, I, I'm, I've been trying to listen to good songs because I, I love to play new music here. But a lot of our music just sings about our journey and our problems. And guys, I don't want to, regur- I've told you the other week, I don't want to regurgitate that stuff. I don't want to worship problems. I want to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I want to thank him for the moment that I'm going to be in where we gather with the 24 elders and the angels gathered around his throne saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. What the enemy means for evil, God's God can turn it for the good. Can I get, here's where I want to give you a message of hope. And I want to say this. I believe that right now where we're at as a nation is there's a wake-up call that if we'll respond as a church, I believe there's a moment where God's going to flip things around in this nation. Yes. I believe that. Yes. I'm not one that's going to tell you it's just it's dark and it's going to get darker and darker. I, the word says that. But, guys, darkness just makes the light shine even brighter. It does. And I yes. believe that we're in for good times as a nation. Amen. I believe that there are, are young people that have values that are on the rise in this nation. Yes. I believe that we're going to remain free. I'm declaring it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just keep declaring the word of God. And I keep declaring it over my household that we will not live in fear, but that we're overcomers and that we're at the head and not the tail. And I want to encourage you to get out of a place of fear. Daniel 3, verse 29 to 30. Read this, Liz, and we're going to end right here. Therefore, I decree, this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, their houses turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. (laughs) So here's where we're going to end. So the same guy that throws them in the fire, recognizes the authority because of how they survived in the fiery moment. And he says, no, you will worship their God. And he told, they, they literally led that entire Babylonian culture to now worship the one true God. And yeah, now righteousness prevails good. in the nation. Yes. Do you see what would happen if the church would stand up? Yes. We can do this. Yes. Say, I can do this. I can do this. Because listen, I need to own this as a person. You need to own this as a person. And when we collectively do this, we can change the narrative. That's right. But it takes a collective group of people that stand up. Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it wasn't one of them. It was all of them. They stood That's up right. and they represented the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And amazing things happened where the whole trajectory, the whole narrative was changed right there. Guys, we as the church have got to stand up for righteousness. Not one of us, all of us have got to stand up for righteousness. So today I want to turn to prayer. I want every eye closed. And Father, we just this is just a you and God moment. I just want to take a moment, just us and God. If you're watching online, just us and God. And Lord, I want to thank you that there's a boldness that's rising up on a generation. And Father, I release blessing because you say in your word that when we, when, we can, when we can stand in these moments that we're blessed. Blessed are the persecuted. So Father, I pray a blessing over every person that would stand for righteousness in this place. And Lord, I thank you right now that you're changing the narrative. You're changing the direction. 
as we rise up and as we take up the boldness place that we live in in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom come and your will be done in each of our lives. Father, we pray your protection over your people. You are Jehovah Nisi, our banner. You go before us. You go behind us. You surround us. We are protected in you. So we stay in your presence, Father, trusting you every step of the way that you've got this. You've got our front. You've got our back. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your angels surround us and protect us as we walk ahead, as we stand in authority. And like Paul said, we're just going to pray for more boldness. The more persecution hits, we'll just pray for more boldness to speak your name, to speak righteousness, to live holy in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you shout amen? Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.